Hey, I'm Rudy Pamintuan, president of the Nevada Republican Club, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Meet the Candidates. With me today, I'm so excited. I was in her district. I like to think that I was her favorite constituent at the time prior to redistricting, uh, but now she's moved on to uh, a different part thanks to the whole redistrict process. We have Assemblywoman Melissa Hardy with Assembly District 22. Melissa, how are you? Hi, Rudy. I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for joining us. So we're doing this limited edition kind of series of uh, videos to allow voters to learn a little bit more of their elected officials and candidates that are running this cycle. Um, you know, you you have been how long have you been in the assembly? Um, I'm running for my third term. So I was first elected in 2018. 2018. But before that, but during you were a small business owner. So you come from this small business owner vantage point when dealing with issues. Can you share a little bit about your small business and what you did? I know you did some real estate. You had a, you had a little retail food shop. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, yes. My husband and I owned a Porta Subs franchise um, out in Henderson for almost 16 years. And uh, as you said, we also sold real estate. So I know firsthand um, the sacrifices and the commitment that it takes to run a small business, to employ people, um, you know, as they say, risk and reward. There's a lot of both in owning a small business. And sometimes there's a, a misconception of business owners that they think, you know, we're all just rolling in money and we never work and vacation all the time or whatever and just have this business that just supplies all this um, income for us. And that's that's not the case. I can tell you we spent um, many, many hours working there, working at home on the business, you know, filling in for people when they call out an hour before they're supposed to show up, uh, taking other jobs ourselves uh, to cover our own expenses so that we can continue to pay our employees. You know, we went through six months of the pandemic our business was closed for three months when there was a fire in the shopping center. Um, so again, there's just a lot of things that go on that people don't realize. So um, you dealt with all kinds of challenges as yes. a multi-business owner. Yes. So, so you're, you're, you're busy doing all of this. What compelled you to say in the midst of this, right? And you've got a lovely family with kid, you know, children you're raising. What, what made you come to the decision to run for office in the midst of, balancing, managing a family, managing a couple businesses and, you know, and having such a full schedule. What made you want to run for office in the first place? Well, I'm a fourth generation Nevadan. I was born and raised here in Las Vegas, and I come from a rich heritage of public servants. I, my dad served in the legislature for almost 20 years. He was Speaker of the Assembly and President Pro Tem of the Senate. I've had my uncle served in the state legislature. I've had multiple cousins and relatives that have served. My mom worked um, in several uh, federal offices for representatives here in Nevada. So from probably five years old, I was always involved in campaigns, in law and government, and also was always, it was a big emphasis in our family of public service, of giving back to the community. And so I, that was just instilled in me and something that I was raised with. And so, as you've said, um, being a business owner, uh, growing up here, educating my children here and myself, you know, I just felt that I, I know this community very well. 
I have good experience that I could bring to the legislature, um, personal experience that I could bring um, that would be a benefit. And so when we moved into this district 22 in um, 2016, and then the seat came available um, in 2018, I just felt that I had, I, my voice would be a good voice for business and families in the legislature and decided to run. Well, I think you definitely bring a great balance and living in your, in your district, when I was in your district, uh, you know, one, one remark, you know, a, a common remark about your leadership was your constituent service. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I've had a few people that have shared uh, their stories looking for help, or at least looking for someone to listen to their stories. And you've been there for them. Um, so now your district, you're, you're still relatively safe, right? Yes. Okay. So because you're safe, um, I know I've heard that you've been working with Greg Hafen, another assembly, uh, an assemblyman, uh, um, and, and created this or, or took over this leadership pack. And you're, you know, tell, tell us a little bit more what you and Greg are doing with this leadership pack and how you're helping some of the other candidates out there. Sure. Thanks for asking about that. Yes. Um, in the assembly, I am currently the assembly minority whip. I'm also the senior most member of the Republican Assembly Caucus here in the South. And so together with Assemblyman Greg Hafen, we uh, took over the Nevada Victory Pack with a, a goal of raising money and helping to elect more Republicans to the Assembly this election. So we've uh, looked at you know, the layout after redistricting, the voter registration numbers in each of the districts, and we have been focused on since February, basically six seats that we feel we, first of all, either need to retain that are currently held by Republicans and then those seats that we feel we can pick up so that we can um, increase our numbers in the assembly. So, like I said, we have been working on this since February, raising money and then, you know, helping in the primary. And then once we had our um, candidates for the general We've been active, actively assisting them in, in various ways to help get them across the finish line. And we are furiously engaged right now in these last 19 days so that we can um, help these candidates win. Because we well, definitely I mean, need more Republican voices in the legislature. I can tell you that. Absolutely. So I follow you on social media and I see you in different districts almost every day. Uh, going out there when when you're with these candidates or within your own district knocking on doors, what do you what are you finding? Uh, what, what what issues are the most important to voters and what are you hearing most of, of in terms of concerns? Well, I can tell you um, by far knocking my, both my district and in various other districts, like you've said, the number one issue has been the economy, inflation, price of groceries, gas, rent, mortgage rates, you know, on and on. That is just hands down the number one thing um, that we hear. Everyone, regardless of party, regardless of your situation, whether you're retired, you're single, you have a family, everybody's affected by it. Everybody's got to go get gas. Everyone has to make the decisions of what do I need to cut from my budget and what can I not um, do without you know, we've seen people have seen their retirement savings dwindle because of the stock market. And, you know, these are things that we're not causing. Our paychecks don't stretch as far because um, things cost more. And again, it, it all just 
is a, a cycle. As a, a business owner, you have to raise your prices because you're getting um, a surcharge for fuel for every delivery you get. Well, that has to be absorbed somewhere. So that's passed on to the consumer. And so, you know, again, these issues affect everybody. So that's, like I said, the number one issue that we've heard followed somewhere, you know, two and three by crime, um, education, healthcare. Those are the, the top issues that, that we've heard since we've been knocking in the last several months. So you definitely bring a unique perspective, right? Because this current election cycle, it really favors the challengers out there. And you, and you happen to be an experienced legislator in the minority that looks like we're, you're going to win a lot of seats, right? So mm -hmm. so let's just kind of rewind a little bit. As as the most one of the most senior legislators here in our state, what are some of the bills or pieces of legislation that you are most proud of uh, that you've been able to get across the finish line or something you've championed that may have came short only because we're in the minority? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm really proud of the record that I have of the bills that I've passed and the type of uh, legislator that I've been. Um, in 2019, we in the assembly were in a super minority position. Um, we've also been through three special sessions and then the 21 session in the minority. So it's difficult to um, be successful in that environment because the party that's in control, they set the agenda. They decide what bills are heard in committees, if they make it out of the committee, um, you know, and they ultimately have the final votes of if it passes off, off the floor and into the other chamber, you know, in the same process over there. So one of the things that I'm proud of is when I look at legislation and what bills that I want to bring forward, I try to look at bills that are going to solve problems for all Nevadans, regardless of party, I try to find things that are going to have bipartisan support, and I've been successful in doing that. Um, my first session, I passed two bills, again, being in a super minority. And in 21, I passed three bills. Um, AB 113 from the last session uh, went to help victims of sex trafficking. It increased the statute of limitations in which to prosecute a sex trafficking crime from four to six years. Um, I passed AB 141 in 2019 to help lower the cost of prescription drugs. That came as a result of door knocking in the Sun City McDonald branch area and visiting with seniors who sometimes have a lot of medications. And um, again, but those are both issues that affect, you know, affect, affect people regardless of party. I also passed AB 165 that helped veterans with their tuition when they attend um, uh, higher education here in Nevada. So, you know, I think that, you know, legislators look at things differently. They like to have the, you know, the big bills that are, you know, the Republican or whatever um, policies. And, and those are good. I think, um, you know, I had one that would have helped with uh, voting clean up the voter rolls as far as, you know, people that have passed away and things like that. But I just try to look at things because I want to, I want to help all Nevadans. I want to help people in my district. And so I, again, try to find policies that will do just that and we'll, we'll get through. I think that's very important. And I think that that's, 
that's a good record to talk to, especially in an environment like right now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, most people running, regardless of political affiliation, they're running on political rhetoric, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got a track record of actually doing things irrespective of ideology that really impacts people that need it the most. So I yes. commend you on that. And I think, I think, I think that resonates with a lot of the voters. So yeah, just yeah. really quickly, I will say that too, and in, in going around and, and talking to people at the doors, I think honestly, that's what voters want. You know, every, things are ugly. Um, mud is slung around, you know, the accusations fly, but I can, I, I think voters, they're getting tired of that. And they want to know that the people they elect are going to go to Carson city or DC or, or wherever they're elected and actually get something done. That's at the end why we're elected. They want us to be able to work together, find solutions um, and, you know, not just fight all the time because that accomplishes nothing. And so I've had many people tell me that. And when I explain how I legislate and, and the successes that I've had, they're very pleased to see that because again, that's, that's why they send us there, you know, not to endlessly fight and come back and say, yep, well, you know, we didn't get anything done. Um, that's helpful. And so I, I, I really believe, especially this cycle, voters want that. You know, it's interesting. So I've lived here in the great state of Nevada for, I believe this will be my, no, my, this will be my fourth election cycle. Mm -hmm. And I want to say in the last four election cycles, this election cycle has probably been the most negative. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm seeing a lot of negative mailers, a lot of, and of course the negative stuff has always been around. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen it at this frequency and in this much, and it's the Democrats really piling on to Republican and the few Republican incumbents and the Republican challengers. What yes. do you attribute that to? I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's over the top. Yeah, I would agree with you. And it's all, you know, we've seen all of the mailers and the texting and all of the um, messages that the Democrats are putting out. And, you know, let's face it, they outraise us and outspend us and have all summer. Um, but I think they're doing it because they don't have any successes themselves to put to put out. So they are attacking us, lumping everybody, you know, as extremists and radicals and dangerous and basically putting out misinformation and lies. Um, they don't want to own what's going on, what I mentioned, what's happening in the economy with inflation. They don't want to own that. They don't want to accept that those are their policies that have been passed. They've they're the ones that have been in control um, of our legislature, you know, in Congress. And so they don't have anything positive to run on and they don't want to accept responsibility for where we are in our country, in our state. So they're only, um, I guess the only thing they can do or is attack us. Um, you know, and, and it's our job to point that out. Here is why we want to be elected. Here are the positive things that we can do, um, to help you you know, in, in the state that we're in and the things that we're facing and push back and point out um, the policies that they've passed and make them own it, you know, tie them to the Democrats, tie them to Biden, tie them to Sisolak. They don't want to put that out, but it's our job to do that. 
Yeah, great points. I mean, it's it's when I talk to voters, it's it's, it's the same thing. You almost have to remind the voters that the Democrats control the White House. They mm -hmm. control both chambers uh, mm -hmm. of Congress here in our state. They control the governor's mansion and most of the constitutional offices. Mm -hmm. And of course, both chambers of our legislature. So exactly. if anything, what Americans and Nevadans are dealing with, it is the outcome and the results of these far left policies. And the only way you can really reverse it is, you know, vote for Republicans across the board. So right. let me ask you this. It's um, let's assume we pick up a couple seats. What are some of the things that you're going to do? We're still going to be in the minority. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but what are some things that you're going to do different uh, as as part of leadership uh, in the minority in the upcoming spring session? Well, I think, you know, after the after the election, we will meet together and, you know, depending where we sit, if we hopefully get the governor, if we can, you know, get a majority in the Senate or the very least pick up some seats so that we have uh, more voices there um, to push back against the Democrats and that, you know, make them listen to us and work with us. Um, and then, you know, we'll develop our priorities, um, the things that we want to um, advance and uh, champion. I think, again, it's all of those those things that we're campaigning on, our messaging. What can we do to help small business? What can we do to help um, people um, with the current economy? Now, obviously, there's not a lot we can do with inflation. Like we don't control, you know, putting money into the economy and interest rates and all those kinds of things. But you know, what can we do to help businesses? Is it, you know, reduce their fees, you know, suspend some of those um, to help them recover and be sustained um, until we can get an economic recovery here or get out of this recession, which uh, the Democrats also don't want to acknowledge. Um, you know, so it's what can we do to help businesses stay afloat, attract them here? Um, also working with that is what can we do with education? You know, Republicans have long been a champion of um, choice, and it's important because parents should decide where their kids go to school or whether they want to homeschool them or um, online school. And, you know, we want to remember that in businesses and individuals looking to move to Nevada, they look at things like education. Are their kids going to get a good education? Businesses in turn look at, am I going to have an educated workforce? coming out of the schools in Nevada. People look at crime. They wanna to come to a state where they know um, we are not soft on crime, that the neighborhoods are gonna be safe. You know, all of that works together. And those are what Republicans have been um, running on and campaigning on. Those have been our messages. And that's what we will continue uh, to look at when we get to session. You know, CCSD is a big topic, breaking that up. it's. Everybody agrees, you know, you've got two over 2 million people here in Clark County, over 300,000 students, and you have one district. It's just not, it's too large, it's top heavy, and that just creates um, less transparency and accountability when you have so much at the top. The money needs to be in, this, in the classroom with the student. We need to be um, evaluating and looking at the programs we have that we're funding, are they working? You know, our math and reading proficiency scores are dismal, but we can't just keep talking about it. It's not just a matter of more money, more money, more money. It's 
what, where's the money going and, and what's working and what's not. And so those are our priorities. Those have been my priorities. And that's what, you know, we, we will push for in the next session. And like I said, hopefully we have some numbers um, in both chambers and a governor that can help us achieve some of those goals. I definitely think that'll happen. La last question, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, it's it's we're seeing so many new people getting involved, whether they be candidates, whether they be volunteers or activists, or just people that are frustrated with what happened with the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's people that are thinking about you know taking it to the next level, right? It's getting more involved, running for office. You come from a multi generational family of public servants, which is incredible. What piece of advice would you give to someone looking to to serve the public? Again, not just not just as an elected official, but in other capacities. Maybe it's an appointment to something. Maybe it's volunteering to a board or a commission. What advice would you give to someone that's thinking about getting more involved in public service? I would advise someone to reach out to people that are serving. Um, you know, maybe attend meetings, look at visit the legislature, watch some of the meetings online to kind of get a feel of, you know, what, what we're doing and what goes on and what's involved there. Um, uh, reach out to your local elected officials, see if you can maybe volunteer and help them. Try to get, gather as much information as you can and see if it's something like, you know, that you're really interested in. Maybe you, you never want to run for office. Maybe that's not in your, your mindset or your future, but, you know, we all need good people that serve um, whether it is like on commissions or boards and that's, you know, you, you, the more knowledge that you can get from doing those things, I think it just makes you um, more informed and prepared for whatever it is you decide that you want to do in the future, whether it's helping on a campaign, running for office yourself, being involved in your community. I am just a really big proponent of um, gaining knowledge and informa information leaning it from other people that are, you know, in a particular industry or position you find interesting, um, you know, knowledge is power. And that's, I feel the best way that we uh, make our decisions is learning from others and sharing information with others. So that's, that's what I would advise. That's great advice. And, and finally, speaking of information, if people wanted to learn more about you, help you or reach out to you, what are the best ways to get, a, get in touch with you or learn more? Um, well, I'm really proud of my website. There's a lot of information on there, and that is hardyfornevada.com, hardy, the number four, nevada.com. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Uh, my website has my email, uh, my phone number, um, all of those ways to contact me. And, you know, I would be happy to talk to anyone if they want to reach out um, and keep in contact. So, that's the best ways to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Assemblywoman Melissa Hardy, AD District 22, uh, one of the leaders of the Leadership uh, Caucus Pack. Um, thank you so much, and thanks for your leadership. I know everyone truly appreciates it. Well, thank you, Rudy, for having me on here and for helping me um, get my message out and information out. And I just encourage everybody to vote. We need you to vote. We can't make any progress if people complain, but then they don't get out to vote. So again, reach out to me. I can help you get in contact or figure out who is in your district, but please just be involved and vote. <laughs>
Thank you so much. And it's a great message to end on. Melissa, thank you again so much. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening in.